Welcome to the world of The Last of Us, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for the upcoming HBO TV series and the Naughty Dog video game series. Uh, I'm your host Matthew and this podcast is to celebrate the one year anniversary for The Last of Us Part 2. So on uh, this upcoming Saturday, because I'm recording this on Monday, so on Saturday, the it will be Saturday the 19th of June 2021, uh, which marks one year, a whole year has already gone uh, since The Last of Us Part 2's release, which was on, uh, I believe it was a Friday, yes, Friday, uh, June 19th, 2020. So, uh, yeah, The Last of Us 2 is already a year old. Time is going far too quickly. Uh, and I'm here to talk about various different things, here to talk about the fact that, well, I am actually still playing this game. Uh, not the first time through, this is my third playthrough, and there's different reasons as to why I'm on my third playthrough. Uh, but to talk about, you know, what's happened with this franchise really in the last year, celebrate the uh, excellence of the second game, and just to kind of go from there with things as well. Uh, so yeah, on the the Friday 19th of June 2020 was of course when the game came out, the second one. Uh, I don't know what the release date for the first one was, but it was in 2013, wasn't it? It was a PlayStation 3 game. Um, but yes, uh, on that day, of course, the game came out. I believe I finished it on the following Sunday, or the Sunday of that weekend. Uh, I was a blubbering mess by the end of the day, because of course, be- because of the events of the game and everything. Uh, then some time passed, you know, I played Ghost of Tsushima and some other games as well. And then I decided to go back and do my collectibles run. Uh, I used Brian, who's the PS4 trophies guy on uh, on YouTube. He's got his YouTube channel. Followed that, found all of the you know trading cards and coins and all the, all the you know artifacts, those sorts of things. Did my collectibles playthrough, and I now have all but two trophies left for the game. Uh, those two trophies are the uh, player upgrade, the weapon upgrade things, and the player like skill tree thing with the supplements and that. So that's the current playthrough I'm doing at the moment, which I'm doing on Twitch as well, uh, Etalk UK on Twitch. If you want to check out some of that, I was hoping to maybe get the platinum by the time that uh, the anniversary happens, but I don't necessarily need to do that. But I would have liked to, of course, had this podcast out on that day, which is why I'm doing this now. So, uh, yeah, a year has gone already. It's funny, isn't it, with with things that you're looking forward to like that. And you think, you know, a few years go by, then you're down to months, and eventually you're down to weeks, eventually you're down to the days, and then the hours, and then the minutes in terms of waiting for this game. Uh, You know, that Thursday midnight, uh, or the Friday midnight, uh, started the game, played the first 90 minutes or so, and uh, kind of went from there with uh, with things with the game. Um, it's just amazing, isn't it? Isn't it? You wait that long for something, and then time just flies after that. You know, a whole year has gone already. It's uh, it's it's pretty amazing. Think all the way back to when was it announced? It was a PSX event, wasn't it? 2016, I want to say. Uh, was when the game first got announced, you know, that trailer with Ellie and Joel, and uh, her saying, I'm going to find and kill every last one of them, and that started the hype and everything, and then, you know, that stunning first um, gameplay thing that we had, that gameplay showcase at, I think it was E3, was it 2019 or 2018, because they skipped last year didn't they or they skipped one of the years for e3 and then they showed it for the first time showed more of the you know the seraphites and the wolves which is what we know them as now and uh it's funny i remember because this podcast will have spoilers in it by the way for the the first and the second game or for the whole thing 
Uh, it's funny, I was thinking about the other day. <clears throat> Remember that uh, part of one of the trailers where Abby, well, I mean, we had no idea who Abby was at the time. Uh, Abby was caught by the the, uh, the Seraphites, wasn't she? And she was kind of strung up and stuff. And we, she could, she was a nobody character to us. Like we kind of thought she might be somebody kind of special or whatever. But we we had no idea. I remember there was speculation at the time as like, oh, is this like Abby's mum or something? And I was kind of like, huh, maybe. You know, it was obviously that speculation period for the game. And then she turned out to be Abby, a totally different character to what we thought. Just thinking back to some of those moments as well. Uh, but yeah, the first time we saw the gameplay for it, I was I was stunned. Uh, to see what you could do and like the changes they've made, e- even little things as well, like the changes they've made to the bow and arrow, and it wasn't this like looping radical thing for it like the first game had, and it was more sort of simple and streamlined. I remember seeing like some of the animations for the gameplay, like the way that Ellie was dodging attacks and the way that she was, um, you know, when she'd go prone or she'd crouch down or you know hiding in the tall, tall grass and that sort of thing, and then. Um, what else was it that we had? We saw the first, you know, uh, Seraphite sort of gut somebody. They were hanging them up and, and gutting them. And we wondered what was kind of going on and stuff. And, yeah, it's 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 cool to think back to, to that kind of stuff and speculating. And just, just being utterly amazed by the first time we saw the game and everything was, uh, was pretty awesome. So, and then we started to see a bunch more. And then, obviously, there was the delays as well. It was supposed to be February last year, then it was pushed to May, I think, and then it got delayed like a another month or so to to June nineteenth, which was when it when it came out, which was which was awesome. So lots of lots of history already, lots of history already. But far from anything like a retro game, I, I was going to put the title like Last of Us Two Retrospective, but Last of Us Two isn't a retro game, so I'm going to just call it First Anniversary or or something like that instead. Uh, I've not actually written the title for this episode yet, but I'm going to do that, obviously, once I uh, go to edit and upload it. Um, but the journey for this game has, has been awesome. Uh, apart from, you know, the unfortunate things, the criticism, the leaks as well, which were which were big for the game and stuff. Uh, Joel's death and everything being kind of spoiled. And um, I remember, the, I remember the, one, the one thing that really sticks out to me about the leaks for the game, which I hadn't seen any of them. Uh, luckily, I had to be very, very careful to to avoid the leaks online and stuff for the uh, the scripts for or whatever for the game. And I remember once I finished the game, and I remember knowing, okay, there's, there's something in this game that really, really pissed off a lot of people. And I remember going through the game, going through it, and thinking, okay, Joel died. You know, that's very sad and tragic and pretty big. But it didn't stick out to me as like a big, traumatic, like terrible, like event that would ruin the Last of Us. And remember, kept going through the game. You know, you switch over to Abby halfway through. You get her perspective, and I just kept thinking. I tried not to think about it too much because I didn't want it to ruin my enjoyment of the game. But I kept thinking, like, what is this big, awful thing that's going to happen that that people have been like getting raged about and stuff? And I remember, you know, like I said, once I finished the game, I went on YouTube and found the leaks and stuff, which was pretty easy to do actually. I remember there was this one little line where it's like, Abby, I can't remember word for word what it said, but it was something like, Abby kills Joel and you play half the game as Abby. There's not very much context there, is there? Okay, because the first, if I had read that, like, just blankly, the first thing I would have thought is, okay, why does Abby kill Joel? 
I think that was one of the really that was one of the really really big things that stuck out about the leaks. It, you know, first of all, people saying like, "Oh, you're gonna make me play half the game as the villain and whatever," but I just kept thinking like, none of you've got any context as to like, okay, who Abby even is. We didn't even know who she was. Uh, the fact that Joel killed her dad, which was to to me that was the big connecting tissue of like, oh right, yeah, that totally makes sense to me. And most people within that world, some people today, would kill somebody if they killed one of their parents. Um, and in within the context of a world like that, that's very very understandable, certainly. Of you know her sort of scouting where Joel was and tracking him down and you know building herself up physically, obviously. To sort of match to him and everything. Um, it all made so much sense to me. So when I read. Remember when I read that leak part of it. And it was like oh Abby kills Joel. Okay why? Who is Abby? You know that's the parts that you're missing from that. That's where context within these sorts of things is so so important. Because I could see. You could see you know the average person on the internet. Doing like oh why has she killed Joel? You know why do we have to play as her and stuff. It's like okay well you, you don't know any of those reasons yet. Um. Obviously, people were you know disappointed because Joel Joel had died. That's perfectly understandable as a character that we care about. Sure, the things that he did were kind of questionable, you know, and you know there, he's a kind of grey area sort of character uh, that very much cares about Ellie, which is his big driver in the whole franchise, really. Um, but it's just like yeah, you had you had no context as to who Abby was, why she killed Joel. Uh, we knew obviously that Joel had killed that main scientist guy the one that was going to um what was it the one that was going to operate on ellie but to us she was a nobody but to joel she was a nobody as well because when we're in joel's shoes pressing the button to kill him or however you killed him uh he was a nobody to us because he was a nobody to joel so that was such a big connecting tissue for a bit of connecting tissue for for the game um and the, the funny thing about that as well is even if you look past that leak and stuff, even when you first have that long scene, it's cut up between like Ellie and Dina and Jesse and Tommy and that sort of stuff. When Abby has Joel cornered in that room, and um, Tommy goes, "This is my brother Joel," and then click, you know, it clicks into their minds that like, okay, this is the guy that we've been looking for. There were even throughout that whole scene, throughout him getting beaten up and shot in the leg and bashed to death by in in the head with a golf club, you could tell. Uh, even if you hadn't read that leak, which I hadn't, you could absolutely tell that okay, Abby's not just killing Joel for the sake of it. There's history here. There's some sort of reason for that. Uh, and some people hate Abby for killing Joel, and that's perfectly understandable. It's weird because it's understandable for from both sides because it's understandable that you would hate Abby. For killing Joel. Because we care about Joel. As as the players. But it's also understandable for Abby to kill him. Because he killed her dad. You know. It, it works both ways. But then Joel killed her dad. Because her dad was going to. Was his name Jerry. Because Jerry was going to kill Ellie. So it's a. You know. The, the, it's, again it's that cycle of violence thing. Jerry was going to kill Ellie. To, for this test thing. And that. So Joel got rid of him to save the person that he cares about. Abby discovers his dead father. They know all about Joel obviously. Because the whole Fireflies thing. She wants to kill him. There you go. There's not much really to it. But I think it's, it's, it's quite cool and everything. 
Um, but yeah, that was like the big massive thing for this game, wasn't it? The the criticism from the leaks. But they were leaks without context. So much without context. Um, so, yeah. Because I, I wonder... See, this could have changed everything. I wonder within that one line if it said something like Abby kills Joel um, due to killing um, Jerry... Uh, Jerry was Abby's father, or something. Then you could have immediately made that connection of like, oh yeah, the guy in the in the hospital, uh, you know, Abby's dad. It's it's quite simple when you really look at it that way. It it, it really is. So there you go. Um, so you got that. So that because uh, that could have changed the reception massively for Last of Us Part Two. There's some people I I saw online, obviously and whatever, that said like, oh you know, I'm not playing this game because Joel dies. I think that's a bit dismissive. Uh, it's also understandable to a certain degree, but who knows how many how many more copies of this game could have been sold if uh, whoever that employee was didn't uh, didn't leak the game. So, um, but I thought the twelve hours were important for Abby to maybe it didn't have to be twelve hours. It could have been eight, could have been ten, could have been six. Who knows? Who knows if you'd edit, edited it down a little bit? You know, it, it, I do think a little bit. You know, with the Abbey side of things. Okay, maybe you didn't need the whole go to the hospital with Lev for Yara. Because Yara dies anyway. But then, but then even with things like that, it does tie into the tragedy of this world. I don't think some people honestly kind of understand that. That when something like that does happen. you got to think about when the dramatic events, the deaths and those sorts of things happen within the context of this world. Like Yara dying, like Joel dying, like, um, you know, Ellie's revenge quest and everything for for uh, for Joel to hunt down Abby. You've got to understand what that would be like in that type of world. I mean, people do those things now. They chase people down and, and whatever. Uh, but within the context of a world like that, you've got to understand thematically how different that would work. Um, so I'm sure some people do understand that, but some people definitely don't. So you got that as well. But yeah, you could you could have maybe changed that portion a little bit because that was like a what three hour sort of portion or so. But then it did lead to one of the greatest moments in the game as well, with um, or a couple of the great moments. You know, discovering the stalkers. Um, although no, you discovered the stalkers with um, wasn't that on Ellie's side? Then that was on Ellie's side. So yeah, uh, but with the other thing as well, the the Rat King. One of the, the probably one of the best boss fights in the game. Uh, you would have taken that out if you'd have done something with that. Maybe they could have just been a way where Yara survived, or I don't know. It's obviously to do with Isaac and everything like that, so that ties into it. But again, it's you know it's an unlucky tragedy in in the world, you know, because Abby doesn't really ever get the chance to explain to Isaac why he saved Yara and Lev. Um, it, she she doesn't get the chance to to do that. Um, I mean, they do have that standoff gunfight and stuff, and that 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 sort of thing. But I don't know. It's kind of, you know she's killed like a bunch of her own people at that point, and it's just sort of a too far gone type of situation. So we'll see. Apologies if you can hear somebody gardening outside. By the way, something I think somebody's got like a lawnmower or something. So I'll check it on the sound thing afterwards. I don't know if you can if you can hear that. So anyway, uh, just to let you know that I'm aware of that. Uh, let's move on from that and take a quick little break actually. Hi there and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which 
is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're get, getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both, depending on the occasion, we can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you extra. You can find the link to our Amazon affiliate link in your show notes. The second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link. If you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice, you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes. They also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well. So if you need help with getting set up, Kualu will be able to help you with that as well. The links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film And we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Uh, so let's move on from that. That's that's some of the negative stuff I wanted to get away. Get, um, not get away, get... uh, through at the start the negative kind of reception and the leaks and the deaths within the game and stuff uh cool speaking of deaths as well you know neil Druckmann and the team did get a lot of death threats which is unfortunately and it shouldn't be kind of a normal thing within within the games industry you know for creators to receive death threats because their favorite character got killed off because somebody's favorite character got killed off uh which is totally unacceptable um i remember him tweeting out a bunch of things as well um, you know, I, me- I remember him tweeting out about, like, different pictures he got sent of just, just all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, that's not acceptable at all. But, um, I thought I'd get past that and then talk about some of the best stuff in the game as well. We had some great new characters, like Abby. I like Abby myself. Um, I think she's got a perfectly justifiable reason for killing Joel. Um, you saw in that scene as well that Joel was like, okay, I knew I was going to get caught out eventually. You know, all the stuff with the fireflies and everything else. I think he knew one day that that was going to happen to him. So, I think Joel was uh, Joel. Joel was more of accepting of his own death than what other people were. I think so, because uh, he didn't really like. I don't know. He sort of had that thing about you know, let's get this speech, uh, whatever speech you got rehearsed, let's get it over with and let's, let's sort of get this done. He he, he kind of knew that was coming, didn't he? Which I think I think we kind of did as the audience. You know, there's just done too many kind of grey area bad things to get away from that for to get away with that for too long I think that lawnmower just broke um, so let's move on to the gameplay as well I'll, go, I'll do gameplay then I'll talk about the characters as well actually so gameplay um, yeah you had the great additions you know this time you had the uh, proximity mine stuff you had uh, more of like an SMG type of thing obviously two big differences 
uh, with this game as well is you got to play more as Ellie. Obviously, she's still ver- she's still very much the lead uh, protagonist in this game, and uh, she played very differently to Ellie. And then obviously had kind of the Joel thing return with Abby because Abby did play more similarly to uh, to Joel than what Ellie did. Uh, he did get to play as Joel somewhat at the start. Which was cool. But it allowed them to do some other things. And um, you know even as simple as Ellie and Abby's weapon set. You know she doesn't have the explosive arrows. Um, Abby doesn't have like a mine that you can plant or whatever. She has the like pipe bomb things. Uh, she's got like that uh, that rifle that Ellie hasn't got. Uh, Ellie's got more of the. Um, she has got that rifle, but it's like a bit. It's more sort of like a sniper type of thing, which is which is cool and stuff. Um, Ellie had like the Magnum type of um, weapon, which was cool. Whereas Abby had the uh, like the, the. I think it was called a hunting rifle, wasn't it, or a hunting pistol or something? It was like a single shot chamber sort of. Um, sort of gun which was cool uh abby had the uh flamethrower um i think abby's flamethrower is supposed to, supposed to sort of make up for the uh explosive arrows um because abby did have the crossbow as well so obviously you got the bow and arrow with ellie and then you got the crossbow with um with abby but uh just very different sorts of sets between them obviously they had things like you know the normal pistol and then the um health packs and things like that or the medikits and then like bottles and things that you could throw as well uh, i did realize in a recent stream that i did actually <clears throat> if when you've got the pipe bombs as abby this might not work with every single enemy but with the or every single person that you come across but with the human enemies if you throw an unaware enemy um sorry if you throw a bomb one of the pipe bombs and unaware enemy it will hit them and like stagger them and then of course if they're staggered and the bomb's near them it causes the bomb to go off near them so you can kind of use that pretty effectively as well uh, but with the unlimited uh crafting and ammo thing that i'm doing at the moment i can just craft more and more and just keep throwing them it's it's really really quite fun i think the best weapon though out of the whole i do think obviously you know when you get to the when you play the game through normally uh, you do have like you know you have to craft uh, more arrows and that sort of thing. Overall, though, I do think the explosive arrow is by far the best weapon on the game. Uh, the amount of damage I've done to that, done with that, sorry, uh, with my um, unlimited ammo playthrough has been incredible. And you don't have to craft more arrows either. I mean, you can, but you don't have to. You could just keep shooting arrow after arrow after arrow. It's uh, it's fantastic. So uh, that's really good. I'm glad they did that actually. Because uh, unlike with the pistol, obviously once you um, you know once you finish your chamber, you gotta gotta reload the, uh, the the magazine and stuff. So you got that as well. But no, the gameplay is fantastic. Obviously with the seraphites, you've got their whistling and everything as well, which is creepy, but it's meant to be creepy. And obviously uh, you can't they you know, use that to try and sort of work out where you are and that sort of thing, which is great. The enemy callouts were were kind of fun as well. You know, if they if you kill somebody, they go, "Hey, Jerry's dead over here," or "Hey, Alice," or you know, any just sort of random names uh, is dead over here. Um, there is, of course, you know, the other thing. You know, you have to kill dogs in this game, which a lot of people don't like doing. I don't. I wouldn't say I like doing it, but it. I know that it's necessary. Um, I know some people said that they really try and sneak around the dogs, which is actually a lot harder to sneak around the dogs than almost any other enemy because the dogs will sniff you out. Uh, as opposed to he- you could you could sneak past a group of humans in the game because they're less likely to spot you. 
uh, as opposed to almost any other enemy. I think you can I think you can sneak around the stalkers a little bit, but that's got to be very difficult because they're technically sneaking around you as well. Uh, so that's going to be obviously quite difficult. Uh, the bloaters you can kind of sneak around a bit as well. Clickers obviously you're meant to sneak around unless you've got a shotgun or something where you can kind of blast them in the face a little bit more. Um, or if you've got like a Molotov like Ellie's got, uh, you can throw them as well which is which is cool. Um, so that's a lot of the gameplay stuff. But I, I, the two new things that really stuck out to me were the enemy callouts and the kind of whistling and stuff which was, which was pretty cool. Um... Or, you know, obviously, if you would alert enemy, if you alert an enemy, they'll uh, call over to where they are and get their group to uh, to come over to you. It was good in a way of an advantage because you could kind of like, if you shoot, if you killed an enemy, put like a proximity mine on their body and they'd go, oh, Jerry's dead over here, you know, and then they run over to that body and then hopefully run into your uh, explosives. That was pretty good as well. Uh, so you could use that to your advantage as well or set up to where I don't know you wait until a bunch of them go over there and you throw a molotov or you like shoot a bunch of bullets or, or, or something like that that was that was pretty good that you could do as well so um, yeah lots of new gameplay additions this time which was which was great so um, one thing I do like actually in the game as well in terms of the gameplay I know obviously with it's more with the pistols and things like that. You do have the uh, the weapon sway, which you would get in the real world as well. No, no matter how good you are with the weapon, you would get a certain amount of uh, weapon sway. But you can fix that as well later on with like weapon stability to other guns and and that sort of thing. So uh, I know that's the thing that puts people off a little bit from the combat is the uh, the weapon sway and stuff. But uh, I think it's a nice kind of realistic touch, which is uh which is pretty good. So you've got that going for it as well. Uh, anything, anything else from the gameplay? Obviously you had like, you know, the ropes that you could use to traverse different areas. And you could you could climb more in this game and stuff. In fact, I don't remember a section where you can climb in the first game. Because uh, I remember they made a pretty big deal of like, okay, you can... Ellie's a lot more like agile and she can uh, climb more areas and stuff. So that was good. It was also good as well for like, if you had a like counter in front of you. And you could like jump over it and take cover and uh, and sort of do some of those things, which was uh, excuse me, which was pretty good, which was pretty good as well. So that was great. Um, I don't think there's anything else from the gameplay, but yeah, my favourite and I think the best weapon on the game is the explosive arrow because uh, you could group a bunch of humans together, you could group a bunch of runners or clickers. They do seem to be weirdly less effective on clickers unless you sort of hit them better or hit them properly with the explosive arrow. I don't know what that's about, but yeah, you you could do a lot of damage. And the other thing that kind of goes together with that is... Now, it's not, like, necessary to do it, but it is a good realistic technical sort of touch. Which is, like, if you actually explode something in half on this game, whether it's a runner or a clicker or a human or even a dog as well... Uh, you will see like their body come apart and like their arm will be somewhere else or their head will be somewhere else or whatever. Now some people don't like that understandably you know they, they think it's a bit excessive in terms of the gore but again that's what would happen if you you know got exploded. Uh, you know not not with a Molotov obviously that's more of a burning kind of effect but if somebody had like an explosive thing on the end of the arrow or if they had a pipe bomb or if they had a prox proximity mine, if you got blown up by something like that, it would probably blow your leg off or your head or your arm or 
your body in half. So I know some people don't like the gore effect of that. I, I, I don't know if I'd say I do, but I like the realism of that. And you know, like blood splatter and stuff. Again, within the context of this, not even just in the context of The Last of Us world, but that would happen to you if you got exploded by something like that, you know? So it's 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 just realistic. Um, and it's a, this is a very gritty, grounded, realistic game as well. Uh, obviously, you've got the sci-fi element to it with all the uh, infected and stuff. But yeah, it's a very grounded, realistic, gritty, horrible, violent game. But again, that's what this world would be like. Um, so yeah. <laughs> There you go. It, it, that's just what would what would naturally happen. I mean, even in the context of like war in this day and age, you know, you step on like a proxy mine in war or something, as we've seen in war films or whatever, your leg would get blown off, your body would get blown in half, or you know, those those sorts of things would happen. Unfortunately, uh, same thing. Unfortunately, with animals, I know people don't like to talk about like violence towards animals and stuff, and that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm just saying, you know, if an animal got blown up, the same thing would happen there as well. So, so yeah, um, so you got that kind of going on as well. Uh, it's just uh, something I want to bring up as well in regards to like violence, adult themes, and obviously sex as well. Um, you know, I I did that podcast. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago or so. It might be in three weeks by the time this podcast comes out, where I discussed as I played through or watched the uh, went went through the Abby Owen scene, them having sex on the boat and stuff. And a lot of people are just disgusted by that scene. And it to me, I, I find it very, very strange. If if you're okay, if you still are kind of disgusted and weirded out by violence, you know, people getting blown apart and shot in the head, and you know, you can stamp on people's heads or infected heads on this game. You know, if they, if if you knock them over in a certain way, you can kind of like stamp on somebody's head in this game. If you're like okay with that, how are you not okay with like a sex scene? What is what is it about that sex scene that's more violent or grotesque to other people that's somehow worse than like Abby stamping on somebody's head? How is that sex scene worse? I I think it just all ultimately comes back to people don't like Abby because she killed Joel. Uh, people don't like the fact that Abby's got muscles. Clearly they've never watched wrestling or UFC. Or any kind of bodybuilder woman. Or it don't even have to be an athlete. Just a woman that's muscular. You know. that Real, real women exist that look like that, you know. <laughs> um, such as... I mean, the, the first example that does come to mind is like a UFC or a WWE fighter. Or like a cage fighter. Or, or an athlete that's got muscles. But you don't have to be an athlete... You don't have to be a woman who's an athlete to have, you know, muscles. You can have them if you train that way and you work your muscles up anyway. Um, I think it's just because, yeah, just some men are... I, I don't know if it's all specifically men, but most of the people that I've seen comment about Abby's appearance has been men. So I do want to push it towards men, although it could be some women that are saying it as well. Um, that are just like, oh, I don't like the fact that Abby's got muscles, and obviously because you know you don't you don't see their bottom halves in uh, in that scene, like from the waist down, but you do see obviously Owen's chest and uh, Abby's chest and everything. They just, I guess, don't like the fact that they saw a half naked Abby having sex with Owen on a boat. But again, there's nothing wrong with that scene. Um, it's just you know it's just sex. 
so um but sex weirdly i i do find find this a bit of a strange thing that people just do find sex more weird than violence and obviously there's different types of sex and all that sort of stuff but that that see within the context of what i'm talking about of that scene this path it's it's just a normal sex scene you know um but i just think i just think it was a combination of people not liking abby because she killed joel which again is is she was in her right to kill joel um you know people didn't like her from that for the get-go uh, people didn't like the fact that she had muscles, and then you add those things together, and then you make a half-naked kind of character or whatever. Um, obviously, they'd stripped off more than that in that scene, but you only saw it from that waist up. How did a sex scene with that character where you saw her half-naked body, and people just didn't like that? So, but it's just very strange to me that you wouldn't be okay with that scene, but you're fine with like shooting someone's head off. And like watching them explode or or something. I don't know. I find that a bit strange. I find that a, a little bit strange. So, anyways, move on from that. Uh, so yeah, that was a bunch of the gameplay stuff. Really, really good there. Uh, talked about the leaks. Talked about the criticism. I think the majority of this criticism does just come from Abby's character, Abby's story, Abby's physical appearance. So that's I I didn't really I haven't really seen a lot of people say like oh the gameplay really sucks or. You know, some people had issues with the story. Again, the whole Joel Abby thing. Um, nobody said the game like looked bad, like visually, because it doesn't. Uh, it looks fantastic uh, visually. So, in terms of actual critic, like proper criticisms of the game, I never saw anybody. I I've spoken to a few people that like said, "Oh, you know, the stealth isn't like great or whatever." I disagree with them, but that's more of a realistic and better exception to why you don't like this game i i think if you think that the gameplay was a little bit slow or or something like that that's that's much more of a realistic sort of criticism i think um but yeah i mean the game did incredibly well it sold i don't know what the i think the number i checked last time was like six million might be up to about seven or eight by this time i don't know uh one over 300 game of the year awards uh course laura bailey herself as the voice of Abby, uh, won an award for her performance. Uh, the game won best. What was it? Best, best narrative at the Game Awards, which was great. Um, so that was really good. Uh, and the game, I think the game is the most awarded Game of the Year game ever. We 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 did a list a few weeks ago on the uh, or a couple of months ago on the on the podcast and went went we went through the top ten most awarded Game of the Year games like the games with the most game of the year awards uh not just from the game awards themselves but from like other places and outlets and stuff and uh, the last of us is is number one which is crazy because it's uh, again you know one year anniversary it's only been out for a year so that's uh that's brilliant i i think as well which is which is great uh, let's finish off a little bit with characters as well uh i'm gonna be i don't want to do too much on the characters because i am going to be doing more character spotlights uh where i'll talk about specifically the characters so i don't want to repeat myself too much in the future when i do more of those episodes i've done one so far for jesse and i've done one for uh, ellie the the big main obviously you know the main lead of, of the game and stuff uh, just speaking of like main leads as well i did talk about this on the ellie podcast yeah on the posters and stuff you have got joel and ellie they are the two main characters but ellie is the main character because if you look at the plot of the last of us which is 
guy who's with the Fireflies, <clears throat> you know, uh, gets disbanded from them or, or whatever because of what he and Tommy did and that sort of thing, gets the task of getting an immune girl, Ellie, uh, a young, what was she, 13 years old or something like that in, in the first game. Um, I think she's supposed to be 19 in, in the second game, in the, in the later parts of the second game. Getting a young girl across the country to the Fireflies to <clears throat> figure out what they can do about her immunity. If they can get any kind of cure or anything like that. So what's the main part of that plot? Well if you take away Ellie's immunity that plot line does not exist. Because there's no reason for Joel to take Ellie across the country for that reason. I mean sure if he comes across Ellie for a different reason and has to protect her. Then you get kind of the same thing. But then there would still be no reason for them to go to the Fireflies. So the immunity thing of Ellie is the re- is the reason that she is the main character. Joel is a main character but Ellie is the main character because of her immunity. If you take away Ellie's immunity there is no there is none of that first part of the story. Obviously the second game goes into parts way beyond that. But that is the first game. That is the start of the story. And... Their whole journey is because Ellie is immune. Because uh, otherwise Marlene would have, Marlene and Tess would have never needed to introduce Ellie to Joel. And you would have never had that journey. And you would have never had the first game. So some people have said to me like look Joel is the main character. He's, he's not. Because he's not got the immunity. He is her guardian and her father figure. I'm not trying to take that away from Joel. But Joel's not the one that's immune. Ellie is. Uh, and Tommy's great, you know, as as his, uh, you know, um, Joel's brother and stuff. And Tess is, you know, a good friend of, of Joel. And Marlene's obviously part of the Fireflies. But Ellie's the main character because she's got the immunity. If you take that away, there's no last of a story. Uh, you could still have it to where Joel meets up with Ellie. And he protects her because she's a young girl and because he lost Sarah. But you don't get the same story. Because uh, he would surely be protecting her and he'd be with her. But there'd be no reason to go to the Fireflies. Um, so you take away that whole journey. And you wouldn't meet Bill. You wouldn't meet Sam and the other one that was that was with him. Uh, none of that would have happened. Uh, Jerry also wouldn't have died. Um, I mean he might have died from something else later. But Joel wouldn't have killed Jerry. So then the whole Abby thing wouldn't have happened. Uh, then you wouldn't have met any of Abby's group. So it's a, it's a very, very long, ongoing thing. It does kind of go into the second game because obviously one of the big drivers of the second game is, uh, you know, Joel killed Jerry in the first one. Abby doesn't like him because of that. Abby tracks him down, kills him, and then Ellie's annoyed or, you know, distraught because of that. So she goes after Abby. <clears throat> but none of that happens if Ellie isn't immune. It's as simple as that. <laughs> uh, they could meet Abby later on and something else could happen but Joel wouldn't have the same reason to kill Jerry because Ellie wouldn't be on an operating table because she wouldn't be immune so there's there's lots of there's lots of things that tie into that so yeah it does kind of lean on that one aspect but that one aspect is the uh, the whole part of the franchise because to me if, if Ellie ever dies in this story which I don't think that she will um, the series is over I mean you can tell like another survivor's story from a different side within the same world but it won't be the same story you know so um yeah it's 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 kind of as simple as that so uh she is the main character because of her immunity and that leads to so many other things and so many reasons that we meet other characters so there we go 
Uh, that's kind of it. Um, but I do absolutely love this game. This is... Would I call it my favourite game? Uh, I mean, I really love Crash Bandicoot 3. Um, I really like Telltale's The Walking Dead. Um, I think this is a better game than the first game. Because I think it simply evolves the first game. It takes the same ideas of the first game. And make, puts new ones on top of them. And also evolves the current ideas. So I do think it's a better game than the first game. Uh, I think the story is more ambitious than the first game. Right, the first game's got a very particular objective. Ellie, immune, meets Joel. Joel's part of Fireflies. Fireflies might be able to do something about Ellie's immunity. They travel to the Fireflies. It's a bit more simple, but I'm not. that's not taking anything away from the first game. The first game is very special as well. But um, you introduce a lot more characters in the second game. And uh, it creates a more ambitious story. I think this whole, like grey area who was right who was wrong circle of violence thing is way more complex than like take immune girl to fireflies to figure out cure which is essentially the plot of the first game um so it just everything about the second game just evolves what the first game did but it also carries the first game through as well which is which is great so uh, love this game. I do think it's the best game I've ever played. I can I can certainly say that. I mean, it does stand up against. Um, I think I've said this before. There's four games from the last four games from the last generation, the Xbox One and the PS4 generation, that really stand out for doing some different things. Last of Us Two, Red Dead Redemption Two, The Witcher Three, and Crash Bandicoot Four. Crash Bandicoot Four a little bit less so than the other three, but I do think Crash Four did some very special stuff with uh, platforming and. How it evolved its own series as well. With new masks, new boxes, those sorts of things. That's a different conversation for a different time. Although I probably talked about that in my Crash 4 review. So go and check that out. Um, but all three of those other games. Uh, and Crash itself as well. Did very special and particular things. That are, are four games that just very specifically stand out to me. From the last generation of gaming. And Last of Us 2 is, is part of that as well. So it's a very special game. I do think it's the best game I've played. It's, I'll say, up there with my favourite games. Because I do have a lot of love for Crash 3. Uh, and like Telltale's Walking Dead and stuff. Uh, but it's definitely up there in both categories as well. But I would say it is is the best game I've I've ever played, certainly. And you can you can be fair if you, know, you want to say, Hey Matt, there's some like recency bias. The game came out a year ago. I think recency bias is a very powerful and very valid thing to criticise somebody for you know we can come out of watching certain films or finishing certain games and thinking like and instantly thinking oh that's the best thing we've ever played or seen we know it's probably not because there's other things from the past that have been better or whatever um so sure there might be some recency bias there and i accept that but i still stand by that opinion very much so Anyway, um, that's pretty much my thoughts on Last of Us 2 after a year. I think it's a very special game. I think Naughty Dog have more, way, way, way more than earned my trust with anything they do in the future. Um, even if it is a Jack and Dexter new game or whatever. Because uh, Jack, Jack and Dexter, uh, out of Uncharted, Crash Bandicoot, Last of Us and Jack and Dexter. Jack and Dexter was the one that just never stuck with me. I love the Uncharted games. They've got their own like blockbuster Hollywood type of action thing going on. Last of Us is the, you know, post-apocalyptic zombie sort of story. And Crash Bandicoot, well, it isn't a Naughty Dog thing anymore. But that was their fun, family-friendly platformer character. Obviously, that was with Activision now. But um, it's it's interesting when I look at, you know, back to my childhood and think of, you know, Naughty Dog was there with me for Crash Bandicoot. And now in my adult years, you know, I'm 27, uh, 
they're still there with Last of Us. And, you know, they made the first one. They made the Uncharted game. So they, they've been there fairly consistently throughout most of my life. Um, I mean, I wasn't really there, per se, for the PS3 era of Uncharted and Last of Us. But I got caught up to all of them. And um, still very much uh, stands the test of time, I think, the uh, with, with Naughty Dog and everything. So they've more than earned my trust. They are my favourite developers. I think they're also the, be- the best developers out there. Or one of the best developers. And I look forward to seeing what they do next. But um, happy one year anniversary to The Last of Us Part 2. I love it very, very much. I can't wait to see what they do next. And hey, I'm still playing the game. I'm still doing the, the rest of my collectibles run. So, um, wow. It's, uh, it's it's funny when you, know, when you think of multiplayer games or live service games that have, you know, content roadmaps. And they, you know, feed you with content and new events that will keep you playing. New, new weapons, new events, that sort of thing. Last of Us 2 is a one and done, you know, you play it and you finish a story and then it takes, it takes you back to the main menu and that's it. Obviously we know that Factions 2 is probably on the way, but it is a, you know, you jump in there for 20 something hours, you finish a story and you're back to the main menu. You can go in there and do other things within that story, you can do like the encounters and stuff, but what's there is there. But the fact that I've been playing it on and off for a year... Is, is pretty incredible for a single player game. And I know that people go back and they rewatch stuff and replay stuff. But this wasn't just me like, oh, I fancy replaying The Last of Us, so I'm going to do it. I'm trying to get the platinum and get the collectibles. And that's lasted me a very long time. On and off with playing other games as well. You know, I've not just been playing The Last of Us 2 for a year. Um, but on and off between other games, I've kept continuing to play it, which is which is fantastic. So, anyway... Uh, thank you very much for listening if you've listened this far. Um, the gardener seems to have stopped a while ago. I actually closed the window as well, but they seem to have gone away now anyway. So, anyway, um, let me know what you think of The Last of Us 2. Uh, and hey, if you hate this game, you can tell me that. That's fine. Um, you know, if it's... I mean, if you tell me it's the worst game you've ever played, I don't know if I'll quite believe you, but you can have that opinion. If you don't think it's great, or you love it like I do, or a- anywhere in between, let me know how you feel about The Last of Us 2. A year later, June 19th, 2021, uh, for the anniversary. Let me know how you feel. Uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter, eTalkUK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes. So let me know how you feel about it. In the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on EntertainmentTalk.org, uh, TV, video games, films, and Manchester United podcasts. Uh, we're currently doing Breaking Bad, uh, Fear the Walking Dead has wrapped, wrapped up, sorry, Fear the Walking Dead has wrapped up for its sixth season. So have a look for those podcasts. Uh, still doing the gaming tour podcast as well. We should have had a new episode this week. Like I said, I'm recording this on Monday, and um, uh, this will be going out on Saturday. So all of this week's content should already be out. So look out for whatever I release this week. But mainly, Fear the Walking Dead, Breaking Bad season two, and gaming talk podcast, and some other things as well. So look out for all that on EntertainmentTalk.org and a bunch of other just TV, TV video, games, films. And Manchester United Podcast. Check it all out if you'd like to as well. So there's that. Uh, you can also find us on podcast platforms. Just search for Entertainment Talk. Uh, you can also follow us for free on WordPress via email. Uh, essentially, if you sign up for WordPress for free, uh, you can follow Entertainment Talk on WordPress. You'll get an email whenever we upload a new post. You don't need to go back onto WordPress. Uh, you simply, when you get the email alerts from us on, on WordPress for Entertainment Talk, check the email. You'll have a link there to the new episode that we've posted. Click on that. And there you go, you'll have access to uh, to the new post, but there's a way to be notified about that. 
You can also follow us on social media and stuff, eTalk UK, like I said. Uh, word of mouth, please tell your friends, family, people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds, what we do and where they can find it. That would be great as well. Social media, you know, share it around, all that sort of good stuff as well. Uh, David's still posting TV and film news over on Geek Town, geektown.co.uk and Geek Town Radio, so check out all of that as well. Uh, Bex is streaming daily pretty much over on Twitch, Tristabytes, Tristabytes, go and give her a follow over there uh if you'd like to as well subscribe to the world of the last of us podcast um feed as well i do know that uh tommy and marlena were uh, cast for the series it was the guy that was playing um ghost rider in agents of shield and then the actress for marlene uh for the tv show is actually the same uh motion capture actress for the, for the game which is which is pretty cool I will do another casting update when we get some more of those as well. Because I was going to do an episode for those two. I don't know if there's quite enough to talk about there. But once we get... I want to see who plays Tess and who plays uh, Sarah as well. Tess should be uh, Yvonne Strafsky. If they're going to do Marlene in that way, which is the the motion capture actress. I think Yvonne Strafsky... Not Yvonne Strafsky, sorry. I'm thinking too much of 24. Uh, Annie Wersing, who did the... um, the uh, motion capture for that, and I think the the voice acting and stuff, she'd be a pretty good fit for that as well. So we'll see what happens with that. But maybe when we get some more casting information for that, maybe they cast Bill or something like that. Then they're not gonna. I don't imagine we'll get the casting for like Dina and Jesse and Abby anytime soon because you've got to tell the story of the first game first so we'll see but uh, they've got to put sarah in there and they've got to put tess in there so we'll see what they do but that will probably be the next episode depending on when that is but uh feel free to subscribe to the, the world of the last of us podcast on itunes as well or you can just subscribe to entertainment talk on itunes and get all of our episodes but thank you very much for that you can also uh yeah follow me on twitch as well etalk uk for everything there uh, all the last for streams. Bex, like I said, Trista Bytes, Trista B-Y-T-E-S on Twitch. Uh, go and give her a follow. If you miss my streams, uh, the live version, they'll be archived later as well on YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks very much for listening, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>